Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio, Women's Football Weekly with Fake Others on TalkSport 2. All the action, excitement and drama from across the entire women's game, including the Women's Super League. Played off the line by Steph Horton. The UEFA Women's Champions League and the Euro 2021 qualifiers. Lana Clellan striking from outside the penalty area. World-beating, big-match conversation on the station that's raising the game for women's football. And she scored! Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. Hello, a very happy Monday to you. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. It was a huge week for Chelsea as they faced two season-defining games in five days and things got off to a good start domestically against Manchester City. Curry's there and Chelsea lead. What a crucial goal that could be. It could be the goal that settles the WSL title. But they faced a tough Champions League battle on Sunday in Munich. This is this is the Champions League semi-finals. If anyone thinks it's a walk in the park, including the players, they they completely miss underestimate that the four teams at this stage are here because of the qualities they possess. And a women's Super League great announces her retirement. William Soul, how about that? A moment of sparkle from Farah Williams. So many moments of sparkle from Farrah Williams over the years. We'll also be talking about the upcoming social media boycott and we'll speak to Manchester City's Gemma Bonner about her big move to the NWSL. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Hi there, team. How are you doing? Hope your weekends have been good. Got some cracking guests as ever for you. Let's say a very good evening to the wonderful Anita Asante of Aston Villa. How are you doing, Anita? I'm very well, Faye. Thank you for having me on again. Always a pleasure. Tom Gary of the of the Telegraph. That's just too difficult to say all in one. Tom Gary of the Telegraph. How about that? Hi. Hi, Faye. Really nice to speak to you. <laughs> yeah, well, if I could speak, it'd be even nicer, wouldn't it? Why don't we start with some breaking news on the pitch? 
that England's record appearance holder Farrah Williams will retire at the end of the season after a 20-year career. She announced earlier on today that after much consideration and despite offers to remain in the game, she's made the difficult decision to hang up her boots. 172 caps for England, World Cup bronze medal, two WSL titles with Liverpool, two FA Cups with Everton and then Arsenal. Uh, Anita Asante, she's a, a player you know well. Uh, what was your reaction to this news? Yeah, I, you know, I'm actually sad to see her leave the pitch. You know, we know how much how talented she is and um, what an impact she's makes makes to her team. And obviously, she's made over the years to the national team. But um, you know, she's had such an amazing career, and you know, I'm really happy for her. And I know she'll have such an impact off the pitch as well um, and supporting the game. Yeah, she certainly will. She says, I look forward to remaining within the game, pursuing opportunities within the media and continuing my coaching badges. I've spoken a lot to, to Farah about this and she's got such an exciting future ahead of her uh, within women's football and, and beyond, Tom. Yes, uh, I've spoken to lots of people uh, in the past hour or so as well who think she's going to go on to make a terrific coach. Um, but I think people... Are- People will remember a born winner, somebody with an incredible attitude in the dressing room, very determined, uh, but also somebody who had immense skill with the ball. And as a character, let's not forget, this was somebody who was on the streets for several years and went on to become England record appearance holder, which as a life story is remarkable. Um, I think she is an icon for the sport. And uh, let's hope that um, she stays within the game in some form and, and, and English women's football can carry on benefiting from benefiting from her knowledge and her experience yeah definitely Anita what can you see her going on and doing where's she going to thrive oh I mean like you say Farah is such an amazing character in the dressing room has been over the years and her, her knowledge of the game you know her understanding and her her coaching ability I think she'll do very well as a coach in management um, a number of things just because she has the mentality and the winning mentality and she knows what it takes to create um, an elite uh, performance you know environment and when you look back on her career she's had so many amazing moments hasn't she Un- unbelievable moments obviously she was part of the 2015 world cup uh, side with England um, I believe you know she's won a number of titles winning the league with Liverpool um, and you know like I say she has that winning mentality that drive but you know you have to mention her just natural ability on the ball her technical ability you know I remember being blown away by her as a youth player playing against her and she absolutely ruined us <laughs> so you know that's that's what you know I know of Farage just her creative ability um, she was a set piece specialist um, an all-round um, type of footballer and I think that was one of her many qualities yeah she's thanked key figures in her career as well including Hope Powell and Mo Marley and journalist Tony Layton as well who used to promote the women's game uh, when when no one else did and it's it's really important that that she recognizes people like that who, who've helped her along her journey uh, Tom for you is she the first inductee to the new FAWSL Hall of Fame I would certainly hope so, and if not, certainly at least among the first three names to be reeled off for that Hall of Fame because th- that would be fitting. Um, and I think it was absolutely lovely that she mentioned Tony Layton, somebody who those of us working in the media covering women's football uh, know and think of very highly and very fondly. And I, I think it's safe to say that my job at the moment would not exist as a role without 
hard work from the likes of Tony. So that was really lovely that Farah mentioned him uh, and obviously Hope and Mo Marley as well. And uh, and I think uh, this is somebody who it's hard to find anybody with a bad word to say about Farrah Williams. And I think uh, all the tributes that we'll hear over the next 24 hours will, will reflect that. Yeah, well, we certainly have nothing but amazing things to say about Farrah. She's a friend of Women's Football Weekly, obviously. We did ask her if she'd come on, but I think she's just switched her phone off. She knew that there was going to be a load of attention on her. She shies away from that all the time. And so she's just gone gone into hiding for a little while until she's ready to speak to, to people. And I'm sure that her management company are going to have her doing media appearances to discuss her decision uh, soon. Uh, it's clearly come a little bit too soon for us here on Women's Football Weekly, uh, but we'll speak to her and find out what's next for her soon and uh, exciting times and we certainly wish her all the best of luck. We're also planning to do a special Farrah tribute come the end of the season as well, so stay tuned for that. Uh, now, the big news before Farrah Williams uh, dropped that bombshell on us earlier on today was that social media uh, boycott the FAWSL and FA Women's Championship uh, have decided that they're going to... Uh, in fact, let me just start that again because the social media boycott they announced on, on Saturday night, they're going to be joining uh, with the Premier League, EFL clubs um, in, and others as well, many other organisations in coming off social media from Friday this week until Monday inclusive in response to the ongoing and sustained discriminatory abuse received online by players and many others connected with football. The boycott shows English football coming together to emphasise Social media companies must do more to eradicate online hate while highlighting the importance of educating people in the ongoing fight against discrimination. I know that this is gathering momentum as well. I know many organisations connected with football and journalists as well that I've spoken to won't be posting on Twitter, on Facebook or on Instagram. Personally, I'll also be coming off all three platforms um, and I know that there are ongoing discussions uh, within TalkSport Towers about potentially doing the same. So a lot of people are getting on board with this and this is kind of the only thing people can do really to try and get these social media companies to wake up and do something about this Anita. Yeah absolutely I think it's a, a great show of collective action across the leagues and having all of us participate to try and put pressure for this kind of change. Um, it's important to make sure that we can get our stakeholders in the game involved as well. That's including sponsors and brands and all the other elements that are involved in supporting football. Um, and this is really one way to sort of take power, I guess, in one sense and, and show them that, you know, everyone is sick and tired of the kind of abuse that people are having to deal with on social media. And we are demanding for that change, for them to start to take action and, and take it seriously. Yeah, absolutely. How did it come about? Did, did, did the club gather you all together to tell you that this was going to be the collective decision moving forward? Or were you part of the discussions about this, about this happening? Um, yeah, well, the discussions have been taking place within the PFA. Um, and they've been getting, you know, regular communications out to uh, our club um, representatives and leadership groups um, to talk about this within our own teams. Um, and then that decision was made, you know, collectively that everyone would like to participate and they recognise that it's a really positive action to take. And hopefully it will have that kind of um, spiral effect and get lots of other people who just, you know, are part of the game, love the game to, to jump on board as well. Yeah, and that does seem to be what's happening, Tom. Anecdotally, I've spoken to a number of people who, like me, will be coming off of social media over that period of time from Friday to, to Monday. What are you hearing? 
Yes, I, and, and I think a lot of members of the media will, will do the same. Certainly, I, I will do that. Uh, not that I expect anybody to miss my uh, my, my rubbish offerings on social <laughs> media. But, uh, yeah, I need to put the but, caveat in, same same with me. <laughs> but nonetheless, I, clearly football is unified with this. And that from, uh, it's been bad for a long time. But what really struck me recently was that the bravery of teenagers like Lauren James and Jude Bellingham to speak out about this. And when it comes to teenagers to have a stronger voice than some of the social media people and people in authority you know then that that tells me there's something significantly wrong um that we're relying on on youngsters to be so brave to speak out and um yeah let's hope it has a positive impact and, and let's also not forget how significant a weekend this is for so many teams and that's why it's such a strong statement to make over this weekend i mean this is obviously a women's football show as well, women's Champions League semi-finals, but also in the men's game, several teams are set to clinch from promotion mm. in, in the Football League. Um, and yet they're happy to honour to honor this boycott, which I think says a lot about how strongly everybody's feeling about this. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, everybody knows the benefits of social media. They, they understand that. They understand what it means for, for brands and for money and, and for exposure and everything else. But at the same time, there has to be a line drawn. And we've way gone over that line uh, now and I do feel as if the social media companies have ignored it and swept it under the carpet for long enough and made enough excuses as to why they can't tackle things and I understand legal ramifications and privacy and various other things going on I get that but they've had a very long time in the spotlight where they have been the technology giants driving this forward they should have been doing more behind the scenes and if they are doing stuff behind the scenes now, at least tell us about it. Tell us what's going on. Stop sweeping it under the carpet and pretending that everything is okay, but their hands are tied because it's quite infuriating for the people that are being targeted and the people that are reading this kind of stuff on a daily basis. It's just gone far enough now. Um, right, I'm sure that is not going to go away and we'll, well, on Women's Football Weekly next week, um, as I say, I won't be on social media, so hopefully you'll all remember when the show is, 6 till 7 next week, better plug it now. <laughs> right, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, I'm Faker Others, alongside Anita Asante and Tom Gary. Coming up, we're going to talk about the big title game in the WSL and Chelsea's semi-final first leg against Bayern Munich. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Rothers, Aston Villa defender Anita Asante and the Telegraph's Tom Gary are with me today. And don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again on our podcast, it's available on the TalkSport app so you can download it today. A little bit of extra breaking news for you. Farrah Williams has turned her phone back on and Farrah Williams will be joining us here on Women's Football Weekly very briefly at the end of the show around 6.45. So stay tuned for that uh, right a massive massive game or massive week really for Chelsea let's start with Manchester City 2 Chelsea 2 shall we we're going to go on chronological order with this even though the Champions League match was only on Sunday because I think they interlink perfectly and, and impact each other somewhat so a frantic game from start to finish domestically and a result that puts Chelsea in the driving seat for the title Curry's there and Chelsea lead. What a crucial goal that could be. It could be the goal that settles the WSL title. Manchester City nil, Chelsea won. It's him. It's by Bright, it's 1 1. Curry Kelly. And the lead lasted just three minutes. Mistake by Millie Bright. 
for Manchester City 11. And he rode back to the international for Manchester City against Benilla Harder. The world's best players taps it in. And Chelsea are in front again. Oh, and Kirby, what's she doing there? Kelly, Newest wants it in the middle. Mistake by Bright, and it's tapped in. It's 2 2. With the delivery, oh, brilliant save! Sensational save there by Anne Berger, one of the best saves of the season. Keeps Manchester City in the race for now, but it finishes 2 2. And Emma Hayes thinks that's the point that will take them to the title. Not yet today, but she knows what it means. Well, what a game that was. Sam Kerr opening the scoring, a fantastic header from an Erin Cuthbert corner. City flying back, though. Lauren Hemp doing what she does, driving run and a ball across the box that Chloe Kelly finished. And then Chelsea reclaimed their lead five minutes later through a Penilla Harder penalty. But City just did not give up. And eventually, Lauren Hemp, who's having such an amazing season, found an equaliser in the 74th minute. Really uncharacteristic mistake from Frank Kirby that gave them that equaliser as well but Tom Gary this game just had everything didn't it yes it was gripping uh, and one of the best games to be honest with you in terms of entertainment level one of one of the best games of the whole WSL era to be honest um, it, it was really quite enthralling and I thought Man City just ran out of time I thought their winning goal was coming with the way the passage of the play went in the final sort of 15 20 minutes I think Lucy Bronze will feel she should have scored the goal that would have won the title in stoppage time when she had that header so late on um but but if I'm if I'm honest with you I want to just mention one thing that I'm, I'm quite concerned about from an England point of view which is that Millie Bright who I've admired for years has been a brilliant centre-half but I, she was at fault for both the goals Chelsea mm. conceded uh, in my opinion um at, with two missed clearances and uh, for somebody who was in the world player of the world team of the year in 2020 I guess we, we have higher expectations so so I think um England and, and Chelsea and GB will hope that uh, that's only a very, very temporary blip from someone who's been so reliable for so long because uh, that was really out of character and uh, and a bit of a worry for Chelsea defensively in the absence of, of Magdalena Eriksson. I was going to say they really miss Magda, Magda Eriksson, don't they, for, for sure. And perhaps just a little bit of confidence for Millie Bright missing her as well. Uh, but it, it is difficult because Millie Bright has been fantastic this season, but we've mentioned it on the, on the show before and she just does have an error in her, unfortunately. Uh, which is disappointing, but to be honest, it was uh, Chelsea goalkeeper and Katrin Berger that kept them in it because City, as you say, could and perhaps should have had all three points, but she was superb. The Anne Katrin Berger save from Lauren Hemp, which uh, from the press box at the Academy Stadium, we were very fortunate to be right in line with that flicked header, and uh, that was an absolutely phenomenal save. Uh, hard to remember a better save this season I know there have been some excellent ones but that really stands out probably a save of the season because it was such a quick reaction um, and I think with almost every other goalkeeper in Europe Hemp scores there and again we're looking at Man City probably as the champion so that's the fine margin is that it can come down to and uh, yeah Berger was uh, absolutely superb yeah, she really was. And then after that dramatic match, which means that Chelsea are two points clear of Manchester City, City missing that opportunity to go top of the table. Um, Chelsea then had a really tough afternoon against Bayern Munich, lost the match 2-1 in the end. Um, I mean, obviously they're Frauen Bundesliga leaders, Bayern Munich. And the game was held in, in Germany, so Chelsea had to fly there as well. 
But it was a really difficult afternoon for them, Anita Asante. They had 12 shots but just managed one on target. It was a game of very few big chances and, and perhaps that had the energy sucked out of them a little bit from that match against City and, and struggled against Bayern. Yes, I, I would agree, agree with you, Faye. I think, you know, they had to put in a lot of energy into that Man City game because they knew they had to be at their best, you know, to get a result on that day. And that takes everybody and that, that's mentally draining as well as physically. Then to go on and meet Bayern, who are a very strong side, um, lots of depth in the squad at the moment, who are playing very well. Um, the start of that game was quite cagey, I would say, for both mm. teams. They were kind of both sussing each other out and trying to figure out how to um, exploit uh, certain spaces. And, you know, Bayern started off really well. And I think it took a long time for Chelsea to really grow into the game. And then they, you know, got a lot more possession, especially into late into the second half. Um, but both teams, you know, didn't really create a lot of clear-cut chances, but I think Bayern definitely looked quite threatening at times on, mm. on the counter-attack. Yeah, they definitely did, and we talked about Anne-Katrin Berger's performance in the City game, but actually Bayern's opener came from a bit of a mistake from from her because she didn't claim the corner, and then the ball fell to, to Lockman, who, who headed it home. But um, against her former side, Melanie Leopold grabbed Chelsea's equaliser, and crucially, that away goal, which could mean everything, Anita. Yeah, the away goal is incredibly important for the team. They will feel like, you know, they're still in the competition, of course. Um, they're very strong, Chelsea, at King's Meadow. Um, it was a very uncharacteristic mistake from Anne-Katrin, and we know how um, influential and, you know, um, she's been to the side and has actually kept them in games, as you mentioned before, the Man City game. So, um, again, it, they'll be expecting big performances. And I think they know... With the possession they had, they probably can create a lot more on this Bayern side than they managed to show. But equally, um, away from home, Bayern was very, very organised and very well drilled defensively as a team. So I do think they made it difficult. Yeah, producer Flo made a really good point when we were chatting about this game earlier on. She said they they really worked Chelsea out. They'd quite clearly done their homework. And uh, but I mean, you can't do your homework on a on an amazing solo goal like that like the winner was Tom, can you? Uh, that's true, although I think Jonna Anderson will be slightly disappointed that she allowed Hannah Glass to keep running and keep running and keep running. Um, as lovely as the finish was, what a sumptuous finish it was uh, from the Sweden fullback. But uh, I, I, my thoughts were overall that although Bayern Munich were very, very impressive, it, it might turn out to be a missed opportunity for them because I, I don't think Chelsea were anywhere near the high levels that we've seen them. And they're mm. obviously, you mentioned already, that they played just four days earlier against Man City, an exhausting game. And they so they will not have been 100% fit. And I would expect Chelsea to be a different beast entirely in the second leg next week. Um, Emma Hayes noted in her post-match press conference that they'd heard the Bayern celebrations at the full-time whistle and was very keen to emphasise that they knew that it was only half-time and was almost sort of implying that Bayern were celebrating a little bit early. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm inclined to agree... Um, I, I'm not sure that a 2-1 lead is quite enough. Mm. As good as Bayern were, um, I'll be very surprised if Chelsea don't come out of the blocks on Sunday. And, and we know that Chelsea are capable of scoring two, three times. Um, and it's a big if, but if, if Magda Eriksson's calf injury concerns uh, are calmed and she does play then um, I think that will be a, a significant game changer. And um, yeah, I, I've still got a sneaky feeling that Chelsea will get there. 
Yeah, it's a big bit. It would be a big boost, wouldn't it? And you mentioned Emma Hayes' uh, post-match presser. Let's hear from the Chelsea manager now because she's feeling positive about what her team can do at Kings Meadow. Two really poor, poor goals to concede. I mean, one across we've prepped for and. Not that I've seen them back. And the other, for me, was massively disappointing considering it's come from a throw-in. Um, but it's half-time. We've got an away goal and it's half-time. And um, I think we have to to expect that Bayern have played the last few games conceding goals. They change their shape. When teams do that, it presents different challenges, I think. Uh, the lesson for our team sometimes is that you know, you don't win. You don't win the tie this round. Like that could very easily have gone three-one and been a much bigger task for us. So we're not out of it. We've got an away goal, and I will take the pluses and and take time to reflect because it was, just, you know, as you can imagine, quite uh, me adrenaline's pumping. She's had a stressful week, hasn't she, Emma Hayes? <laughs> For sure. Uh, but a stressful week, I'm sure she would have relished uh, as well. Uh, just to let you know, in the other Champions League semi-final, PSG drew one all with Barcelona, so all to play for in that one as well. Right, this is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with Faker Others, Anita Asante and Tom Gary. And next up, we're going to be chatting to former Manchester City defender Gemma Bonner about her move to the NWSL. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the home for women's football. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others, and keeping you company with me is Aston Villa defender Anita Asante and the Telegraph's Tom Gary. Now, then, Manchester City defender Gemma Bonner has announced her move to the new NWSL side Racing Louisville FC on a two year deal. Gemma joins us now. How are you, Gemma? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Really well, thank you. Um, so, how did this move come about in the first place? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it was probably a bit of a surprise to me. Um, obviously, I was still contracted at Manchester City. Um, 
But obviously Louisville have come in for me um, and I have to be grateful for Man City allowing me the opportunity to um, take up the offer that they, they put towards me. Hey Gemma, Neat here. Um, I have a quick question for you. What is exactly about the NWSL particularly attracted you to the league? Yeah, hi Neat. Um, it's, I think for me it's a different kind of challenge. Um, I mean, you'll know yourself, obviously you played over there. I think it brings a different physical challenge in terms of the games. Um, they're quite transitional and for me it's something that I've been in England for obviously all of my career and for 10 years and I think it's an area of the game that I'd like to challenge myself in further um, and hopefully I can bring in terms of what I offer in terms of the technical and the tactical side from the English league um, and it'll yeah it'll give me a new challenge going over there and hopefully both things will go hand in hand and ultimately for me I, w- I want to keep improving as a player um, and I think hopefully doing that it should push me to the next level. Hi Gemma it's Tom here I hope you're well I will I goes without saying we're wishing you the very best with this move. I, I wondered if you Thank could you. just give everybody a bit of a sense of how unfortunate the past kind of year has been for you with not only injury but also illness. Well, it seems like you've had a very unlucky season. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a pretty difficult period for me. Um, obviously, I got injured in in the early in the new year in January, um, just before we were due to play our first game with that ankle, and then. Coming back from that, um, I obviously suffered from COVID, um, which was it was a pretty rough time to be honest. But then um, again, coming back from that, um, I suffered a muscle tear, so it was it was quite a frustrating few months for me, and um, it was hard in terms of you know the, the girls are doing so well in terms of on the pitch, and it was hard not being able to contribute to that. Um, but I mean, I was still in training every day as much as I can in the gym, rehabbing. Um, but it almost gave me a lot of time in terms of focusing on my individual and, and what I needed. Um, and I think each each kind of setback brought a different challenge with it. Um, and I think the girls were, were brilliant and they really kept me going at times. Um, but for me, I've, I'm literally just getting back to near on full fitness now. So... Hopefully, um, the past few months have, are behind me now, well and truly, and I can just look forward to getting back and actually playing on the pitch and, and being available for selection. Oh, that's brilliant news to hear, Gemma. You say there about your teammates. Um, mm-hmm. it, it does seem like a really close-knit group of, of girls up at Manchester City, but they must be devastated after that result <laughs> against Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, I managed to get to the game um, and obviously support the girls, which I've tried to do as much as I could this year. Um, but I mean, you know, the talent within the squad is unbelievable, and I think we've really started to hit some form of late, um, which is obviously shown in the performances. And um, yeah, obviously, I'm I'm very close to a few of the girls, um, and I'm still going to be keeping in contact with them. Um, and you know, I was hoping as much as anyone that they could um, obviously get the win the other night, but. But there's still a few more games left in the league. And I think, you know, every year we're finding it that the games in the league is getting tighter and tighter, both at the top end and at the bottom end. And I think, you know, the quality that was on show for the for the game the other night um, was there for everyone to see in terms of how far the women's game has come. Yeah. So I mean, I think it, oh, sorry. Still, I thought you, Sorry, there's a delay oh, there. I interrupted you. Go for it. 
no, so there's still, you know, there's still a couple of games left, and I think the league has shown that anything can happen, and that you know teams are, are pulling off important results, um, especially because of the importance of how close it is at the top and the bottom. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's over yet. Um, but yeah, obviously the girls are disappointed not to come away with with more than the point the other night. Yeah, do you feel as if you're going to be missing out on on this growth that's <laughs> happening at the minute? Is there a little part of you that feels that? Yeah, I mean, as I say, the league is getting is getting better every year. But for me, I've got to look at it as an opportunity for me as an individual, mm. um, and it's something that I want to do to to take my game to the next level. I think you know you go into for me, the US is still the best national team and, and they've shown that year in, year out. And for me, playing in the games over there, every team has got US internationals in it. You're training with them and every game is a different challenge again. Um, so for me, I, I don't necessarily... Um, the, the league is just as competitive, I think, over there. Definitely. Um, again, it's just a different challenge. And for me, the US are the best in the world, so I want to be kind of have a taste of experience of that and and what it looks like in terms of actually living the experience um and being around um that that kind of environment week in week out um so for me it's it's a obviously i'm i'm leaving a big thing behind in terms of my family my friends and what i've known for the past 10 years but um, yeah, I've still got international ambitions. So for me, I want to do something that's going to progress me and I feel like this is the next step for me. Excellent. Get yourself on Serena Wiegmann's uh, radar and Hege Reese's in the short term for sure. Mm-hmm. Just before I let you go, uh, Gemma, I, I want to ask you about Farrah Williams announcing her retirement. She's coming up on the show in about 10 minutes' time. Oh. But obviously, you won the league with Liverpool alongside Farrah. W- what was your reaction yeah. to today's news and what are your memories of playing with her? Yeah, I mean, for me, Farah has been unbelievable. Um, I think, you know, it shows, I think, the response of how everybody speaks about her and how how highly they think of her, both on and off the pitch. It shows shows just, I think, the word legend is thrown around quite loosely. But for me, in terms of women's football and what Farah for the game, um, it's probably unmatchable. Um, In terms of the experiences she's gone through and what she's achieved is... You know, it's on another level and she's so humble in terms of how she deals with things. Um, and for me, obviously, I was at Liverpool together and playing on, on the same pitch for a good few years. She was a huge help in terms of I was a young captain at the time. Um, and, you know, she came in with all the experience in the world that she had and she really helped me progress and develop under her um, and helped me along the side. And even now, you know, the past couple of months, I've still I've still kept in touch with her. And for me to have someone like her there, um, you know, it's quite special. And I think she deserves all the accolades that she can get because um, she has had an unbelievable career and, She's so highly respected within the game. Yep, she certainly is, as are you as well, though. So good luck with your move and and please keep in touch with us and let us know how it's going, all right? I will do. Thank you very much. Brilliant stuff. Manchester City defender Gemma Bonner, who's going to be moving to the new NWSL side, racing Louisville FC uh, at the end of this season. Uh, Right, now then, we need to just very quickly wrap up a really busy weekend, actually, because there was some action in the WSL and Championship uh, this weekend. The other two games in the WSL involved the teams fighting for that third Champions League spot. Arsenal kept their advantage with a 2-0 win over Brighton. Uh, That was their seventh win and seventh clean sheet in a row in all competitions. 
competitions. Manchester United had a dominant 4-1 victory over Tottenham as well to keep the pressure on. Kristen Press was uh, the star in that one and Arsenal still have that game in hand, don't forget, against West Ham, who they face on Wednesday. But a Big, big game at the bottom of the table. Aston Villa 2, Bristol City 2. Bristol City coming from two goals behind to grab a point against Villa. Um, I'm not going to ask Anita about this game. She was involved in it. It's very unfair. But Ella Mastrantonio scoring in the 95th minute, Tom Gary. That still leaves Bristol City bottom of the table, but tied on points with Villa, having played one game more. I mean, that was a tough one, wasn't it? It will be a hugely uh, difficult pill for Villa to swallow, having led 2-0. What I would say, though, is that Bristol City needed the win more, looking at the fixture list of Villa with a game in hand, of course, uh, and matches that they will feel, particularly against Birmingham, and West Ham that they can get results from. Mm. Uh, Bristol City's fixtures are very difficult now. Manchester United and Brighton, so two of the top six. The only caveat with that is that last season, Bristol City beat Man United. And earlier this season, only in January, we saw Bristol City beat Brighton 3-0. So if they are going to pull up some surprises, then those two fixtures are possible Mm. uh, to do so. So, yeah, uh, it's so tight. Um, Just those two points between the bottom four. Um, but uh, although it was a brilliant uh, late equaliser in terms of the importance of that point for Bristol City, they've still got a huge amount of work to do because the fixtures are so much harder for them than for yeah, their rivals. definitely. And obviously you mentioned the four just above them, West Ham and Birmingham, both picked up a point through draws with Everton and Reading, uh, respectively. But Birmingham especially disappointed with their one-all draw given how many chances they had to put the game beyond Reading. Um, some championship results for you, some uh, some upsets as well. Lewis FC, 1-0 winners over uh, the champions Leicester City. Sheffield United uh, lost one nil to Liverpool. London Bees 3-2 winners over Blackburn Rovers. Charlton under Karen Hills doing some sterling stuff. 2-1 winners over Durham and Coventry United 5-2 winners over Crystal Palace. Next England's record appearance maker Farrah Williams joins us to discuss her retirement. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. The home for women's football. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Rothers, Aston Villa defender Anita Asante, and The Telegraph's Tom Gary. If you miss any of the show, you can catch up by downloading the TalkSport app and subscribing to our podcast. Just search Women's Football Weekly. Now, I told you earlier on, Farrah Williams had switched her phone back on. Millions of messages of congratulations uh, after she announced her retirement today after a fantastic career spanning 20 years. And I'm delighted to say, I think we might even have the first interview with Farrah Williams after she made this decision. How are you doing, Farrah? Hi, very well, thank you. Excellent. A little bit emotional, but well other than that. I bet you are. I bet you are. Now, what kind of messages have you been receiving? But first of all, tell me how you came to this decision in the first place. I mean, it's been something, I think, since I got the illness back in uh, May last year. Um, I think it was something that I had been thinking about um, I didn't want the illness to defeat me, though, so I tried to fight on with the illness and try and play. And I didn't feel ready to finish before I got the illness. Um, I think it's played a massive part in, in my decision in terms of, you know, thinking, considering my health. Um, so I just think now is probably, for me, the right time to, to, yeah, to hang the boots up and, and see what's out there for me next. 
I think there's so much out there for you next. You must have just been inundated with messages from people congratulating you. They'll have known how emotional you'll have been about it as well. So we really appreciate you coming on to chat to us tonight about it. But, you know, your phone must have been buzzing relentlessly. Yeah, I mean, I've had lots of messages, uh, overwhelmed with the amount of messages uh, that I've had. I tried to read the comments that, our, you know, my current manager, Kelly Kelly Chambers, had put on, on the Reading website. Um, I got halfway through before turning the phone off and realising I'm not quite ready to read some of the some of the messages, you know, that, that people are sending. And I'm really grateful and appreciative to, you know, everybody that, that's picked the phone up, whether it be for a, a message, a, a picture on Instagram or Twitter, or even the phone calls that I've had. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really grateful for for the time that they've given me in in, in putting that in and and showing me you know the appreciation they have for me and what I've done for the game. Has it given you an opportunity to to look back at, at what's been such an incredible career? And have you kind of sat there and picked out any particular highlights? Um, not really. I just seen a picture when I made my debut for England. Uh, laughed a little bit. At, you know how massive the kit was on me. How tiny I was. How young I looked. Um, but no, I haven't really reflected on it. Uh, I was trying to get it out of the way. I didn't want the last week of my of, of my career in terms of playing to be emotional. So I didn't want to do it the week of, of playing. Um, and I wanted to do it before the end of the season, um, before the, you know, the girls concentrate on the Olympics, etc. I didn't want it to be a big thing. I wanted to get it out of the way and, and just finish the season with the girls uh, and enjoy you know, the last two weeks as much as I c- uh, can without you know, having kept it a secret from everybody. Always deflecting the attention away from yourself. Astounding. I've said this to you before. I think Tom's got a question for you, actually. Yeah. Hi, Farah. It's Tom. Many congratulations on such a remarkable career. Um, and I just wanted to ask you about two managers that you mentioned in your, your statement, Hope Powell and Mo Marley. Could you tell us a bit about the influence they had on not only your career, but also how, how big a figures they were in terms of support figures for you in your life? Yeah, they, I mean, I think I've said it openly before, the impact they had on me, not just as a player, but as a person, you know, in difficult moments in my life, uh, you know, take away the, the footballer, which, you know, most people will look at. I think they looked at me and, 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 and the person that I was and really wanted to help me in those moments. And I'll, I'll be forever grateful. I mean, they know what they mean to me as people um, before before they before a manager. So I think they know what they've done for me and how much they helped me in those moments and, and, you know, they're, they're two people that, you know, I'm, I'm in co- continuously in contact with and, and have helped me throughout my whole career. And I'm sure, you know, going forward in, in the next chapter, they'll be there for me as well. Hey, Farah, it's neat. Um, I got a quick question for you. You know, yeah. I would describe you as having your, a mentality monster. You have incredible life experience and obviously playing experience. But what is it about your mentality that drives you, that has driven you throughout the 20 years of playing, which is unbelievable? Do you know what I think I get? It, I think I get most of it from my mum. I think you know she's somebody that inspired me ever since I was a little girl. You know the tough moments that she had that I witnessed, and and she was able to to break down any barrier, you know that was put uh, you know in front of her. So she certainly was somebody that inspired me. That and and growing up on an estate in a cage where, you know it it was survival mode. You know if you if you wanted to be a, a footballer, you had to be able to survive within it, otherwise you were out of the cage. And so I was a little fighter from from that cage on, on an estate growing up. And, yeah, you had to, you know, I guess that was where I got the, the little, I guess, the spitefulness in me in terms of uh, wanting to achieve the, the very best I could. We, we watch you on the pitch and, and you and I have had many conversations uh, over the, the past couple of years or so about your career and, and, and the 
the troubles that you've had and the the way you've overcome so much in in your life does this kind of give you an opportunity to to look at that and and actually recognize how far you've come yeah most definitely I think you know once you know the season is done in a couple of weeks and I've uh, you know a bit of time to reflect on on a long career um I think it'll be something that that I miss Massively, I don't think I'll regret the decision because I, I certainly think the timing of it for me and how I'm feeling it, it is right. But I know I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss everything about what he's given me. The game's given me so much um, opportunity. And, 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 you know, people talk about when there was a little girl dreaming of being a footballer. I actually didn't have that dream. I just loved the game. And I think I just tried to take, you know, every day, whether that be in training or on the pitch and, and, and show that. So I think I'll reflect once I've had the time away and, yeah, really realise what not just what I achieved in the game, but what actually the game gave to me as a, as a person. But you can still achieve so much more in the game as well, because I know you're doing your coaching badges. What 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 are you thinking of in terms of the future? Where does your future lie within women's football? Yeah, I mean, I've got a long way to go in my in, in, in terms of my coaching badges at the minute. Um, I certainly feel ready to coach. I don't, you know, I'm far away from management at the moment, but in, in terms of coaching within a first team environment. Um, within the WSL, that's something that that I'd like to do. I've still got, uh, I've been given another ten months with the FA with the with the under 17s as a second coach for for, for that team. So that's something I'm looking forward to doing and and completing my badges. And then if there's media opportunities out there for me to talk about the game that you know has given me so much and that I love so much, then then of course that's something that that I'll consider. Well, you know there are always media opportunities for you here on Women's Football Weekly. We'll have you back whenever you want to come on. Um, thank you so much for coming on tonight and giving your first interview after making that announcement. And uh, genuinely, I know it's an emotional day for you, but but I hope you feel proud at, at the same time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Take care, Farah. Farah Williams there, England's record uh, appearance maker, announcing her retirement from women's football today. Um, fantastic that she came on TalkSport to, to to discuss that with us. We are going to be doing a special on Farah towards the end of the season as well. I just want to wrap up with um, a few little stories that we were going to talk about at the top of the show. And uh, Farah just came in with her bombshell and, and stole all the headlines, as she deservedly can. Uh, but earlier on this week, we talked about the social media uh, boycott, uh, but a few other off-the-field stories to dissect because uh, the PGMOL uh, were announced as now that Barclays FAWSL and FA Women's Championship uh, officials will cross over to the professional game match officials, which basically gives them access to the same facilities, training and support uh, that those in the men's game receive, which potentially is the next step uh, to professionalism. I'm sure we'll talk about this more uh, moving forward because you know I think many people are hoping that it will also improve officiating standards in women's football. Um, really disappointed to be able to tell you the news, which I'm sure many of you have seen, that Laura McAllister lost out on her FIFA Council election bid. Incumbent of um, Evelina Crystalline from uh, Italy won by 33 votes uh, to 22. Laura obviously uh, disappointed with the result, but the fact that they were just uh, six, shorts vote, uh, six votes short of winning that election, she says, is hopefully testament to the modern professional and football focus campaign uh, that she ran and then uh, the application process opens for promotion in tiers uh, three to six as well after it was curtailed so the FA have said the process of upward club movement via application and based on set criteria uh, is underway Wolves manager Dan McNamara has confirmed that they're applying as well they're in the fourth tier the National League Division 1 Midlands and have been really strong across the last two seasons so good luck to them for that and then just finally Team GB which 
is just going to be a passing thought, I'm afraid, on today's show. Uh, the women's football draw for the Tokyo Olympics was made and Team GB have avoided world champions USA, but they face hosts and 2012 silver medalists Japan and two-time bronze medalists Canada. They kick off the tournament against debutants Chile on the 21st of July with head coach Hege Risa expected to name her 18-player squad at the end of May. And I'm going to give the last thought here to Anita on that one. How do you think they're going to fare, Anita Asante, in that group? Yeah, well, I hope that, you know, they can improve on obviously some of the recent performances and just build the confidence and, and figure out what, you know, in terms of selection, when the right selection is made, the right synergy. But I, I think with all the quality and talent we have to pick from, they definitely have a great chance to progress out of this group, in my opinion. Excellent. I love the positivity. Brilliant stuff, Anita. Thank you very much. Thank you to you. We'll speak to you again soon. Good luck for the end of the season. We'll keep our fingers crossed for you in Aston Villa. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks very much. Tom Gary, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for today. Thanks, Dave. Really nice to speak to you. Speak to you again soon. So another packed show coming for you next week. But a big thank you to Anita Asante, Tom Gary, Gemma Bonner, Farrah Williams as well, producer Flo too, and all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.